This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 124 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. This is the second of a short mini-series with Tim and Matt Simmons, who are church planting in Manchester and Amsterdam respectively. In these podcast episodes, they're talking about some of the mistakes that they've made along the way. And in this episode, they're talking about uh, the idea uh, of going into church planting thinking that preaching doesn't matter. You can find the full notes on everything that Tim and Matt have to say at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 124. So here are Tim and Matt Simmons. Okay, welcome to the Broadcast Church Planning Podcast. Uh, my name is Tim Simmons. I'm based in Manchester at Christchurch Manchester. I'm with my brother, Matt Simmons, who's uh, based at Liberty Church in Amsterdam. We're both church planters. Uh, I planted a couple of sites of CCM. Matt planted into Amsterdam about four years ago. Uh, cities are both quite similar to each other. We're both reaching out to uh, 18s to 30s, very creative cities, uh, very entrepreneurial. Uh, and so we together wanted to talk about the mistakes that church planters make. Um, we just wanted to, to, to kind of learn the lessons that can be learned in this process of planting churches by looking at the things that we have done wrong. We thought that would be quite an interesting way uh, of going at it instead of th- kind of thinking about our successes uh, and the lessons that we have learned in that. Uh, and this week, I want to uh, I want to experiment with an idea that I've been working on in my head. And it's not a fully formed idea, which is always a good way of starting a podcast. But this, uh, uh, an idea I've got, which I, I, I see numbers of church planners and I would say church leaders get overly distracted um, with a, 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 this thing. Uh, and the mistake I think that is made by planters and some church leaders, let's raise the stakes, is that preaching is important. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to start with that statement that it's a mistake to think that preaching is important. Now, that's, I'm being deliberately controversial there. Um, but there, uh, I, I want to get at something. So, what I'm trying to get at is I think, uh, and I'm interested in what Matt thinks about this, I think that in modern uh, kind of Western, definitely within British church and where we're planting, um, there there is a slight myth of the gathering preacher. So someone with a preaching gift uh, who can go and plant or, 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 or move into a, a smaller church and that that preaching gift uh, would gather lots of people and even people would get saved off that. Um, now, I, I think it does happen, but I think it is so rare as a gift um, but too many people think they have it. Uh, and consequently, I, I think a, a consequence of this, this kind of myth, this wrong thinking is that church planners who often are, are bifocational part time. Sometimes they're just uh, they're working full time jobs and planting churches in their spare time uh, is that they spend a huge amount of that time uh, thinking about or writing sermons uh, and uh, can spend tens of hours writing uh, a preach for a Sunday and writing numbers of lot and writing them consistently week on week because they may be the only person there who they want to preach uh, and becomes a massive diversion of their effort and their energy. Uh, and I also think it's a problem because of the things you are trying to do at the beginning of a plant. 
Uh, and you're trying to get some momentum, gather a crowd. You're trying to build some community. You're trying to work out a way that you can do mission. And you're trying to build foundations so that you can have a church that hopefully outlasts you. It is a, you know, a, a successful, living, breathing kingdom community in that town or city. Uh, and I think in the early days, for sure, that preaching doesn't help you do those things, at least as much as some people think. So that is my hypothesis that I, I want us to chew over, um, Matt. So what do you think? Do you think there is a myth of the gathering preacher? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting thing to discuss. I think what's probably fascinating about it is that um, me and you are both doing similar things in similar cities, although there are differences. Um, and we're both, we're obviously brothers who are probably relatively similar in character, even for brothers. But yet we've both had quite different church upbringings for probably the last 20 years. Yeah. Because we've not been part of the same church since you were 18, which was that, like 30 years ago, or whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, not 30 years, but a while. 22. Yeah, 22 years. And we, we've been on a kind of a different church trajectory. So so I, I moved here from a church in Brighton, which had a high emphasis on preaching. You know, they hold it with a really kind of high view of the preached word of God with, with a leader in that church who that's probably his number one gift is that as a as a as a preacher. That's really how he or one of the main ways at least in, in terms of how he leads that church is through his preaching gift yeah. so i probably arrived here with looking at uh, from a, a different point of view from from yourself but yeah at the same time i think i probably agree with what a lot of what you're saying is that you people often arrive in a city um, or to start a new church plant wherever they may be um, with a kind of a, uh, a, a, you know, the kind of Tim Keller dream, kind of, I'm going to be that guy. You know, I've listened to this bunch of podcasts. I'm going to try and be him. And straight away I can, and that can, that can be a huge distraction from, um, particularly if you're just, you know, bivocational or you've actually got a full-time job elsewhere. Um, so I agree on that on that angle. But on the other hand, I would say, like, the, the way I viewed it when I started was um, I wanted to preach as often as I could pretty much most weeks. And I didn't sometimes it would just it would often only be like 20 minutes, you know, 10 of us sitting around in our in our apartment. But I wanted to do it every week because um, probably mainly because I thought I want to be a good preacher one day. And I know I'm not now, but I remember being in a, a seminar years ago and hearing Matt Hosier, who's a, who's a church pastor in Paul, I think, in the south of England, saying that it takes it takes 150 sermons to become mediocre, <laughs> you know, not even to become good. Yeah. And I remember at the time, I think I've probably done like five or something. 
over a period of five years and thinking, oh, my word, you know, I'm never going to be a good preacher, let alone a mediocre one. I mean, or even sorry, the other way around, never going to be a mediocre preacher, let, let alone a good one. So when we started the church plant, I thought I want it's a bit like learning to fly a plane. I just want to get my air miles. I want to get as much experience as I can. And I'd rather preach heresy or poorly communicate to these 10 people <laughs> than than what God's going to grow into in the future. Yeah. So that was that I, I wanted to preach regularly and I saw it as a big deal because I was kind of playing out a long game. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's an interesting way of looking at it because um, it, it's a bit what we talked about last week, the, the idea actually that the first couple of years are, are, are more about the, the, the planter and that, that maybe the small core team of getting up to speed than about actually planting a church. And it's maybe the grace of God that anybody joins in those first couple of years. Yeah, one of my team, he said to me recently, um, he said, I'm glad we didn't record those first 18 months of preaching. That was all he said. I've not really got to the bottom of quite what he meant by that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every now and again, now I'll do a preach when I think, oh, I've done something on this before about five or six years ago. And I'll go back to my notes and they're absolutely no help to me whatsoever. <laughs> I just cannot believe I stood in front of people and said it, which is assuming now that I'm fantastic, which I, I'm not. So, um, yeah. So I the preaching thing actually we it, it does it troubles me a little bit the um when you you'll listen when it's that such a high value is placed on it by people who are really good at it um of which there aren't as many as we'd like to think um and, and then uh, the rest of us try and catch up with that as opposed to actually working out what you're really good at um so i know that preaching is never going to be my main gift. Uh, you know, I'm not terrible at it, but I'm going to work on it. But it's, and it, I think it is important, but it's never going to be my main thing. Um, so, and it's not also, it's interesting to talk about the way that you lead through a, through preaching. And actually the church I was in previous to Manchester, actually the guy there actually um, had a very high value of preaching and would lead through it. And he was really good at it. Um, very much like Joel in Brighton, who's really good at it. Um, and, but I've realised that actually that that just isn't me particularly, um, and which is maybe why I'm a I'm a better church planter than I am a pastor of some a church of hundreds. Um, is that actually I I know that I can do not to no people to a hundred people. I've done it a couple of times now, and actually I've realised that it isn't the preaching that gathers people in, and it isn't even necessarily the preaching that does most of the discipling or most of the mission or helps people grow in their devotion or builds community. So then it really causes to question not even why we do preaching, but the, how you use your resources for that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I guess I kind of, I probably felt the same as you, but what I kind of where I got to in my head was um, I, I might not have quite. It's a, a bit like learning to play a musical instrument. I remember our cousin being phenomenally gifted as a young man and being able to just pick up an instrument and play. And that kind of, that kind of put me off doing it because I thought, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. 
<laughs> like, yeah. I never really learned something. But at the same time, you can learn a musical instrument yeah. just by sheer effort and hard work and practice. So I kind of thought I might not have the perhaps if if it exists, maybe it doesn't, but the kind of natural flair to just sort of pick it up. I kind of thought, man, I'm just going to work until, you know, I'm not good at this right now, but I want to become good at it. And I'm not even claiming I am now, but you know, maybe if I keep on doing this in 25 years time, I'll be able to do it quite well. I don't know. But I kind of thought, I don't, even if it's not my gift, I, I want it to be. So I'm going to kind of just keep going at it yeah. and, and, until I kind of almost shape, shape myself or, or whatever um, to be able to work. Because, no, I, I totally hear what you're saying. It's like a, most people in the early years join you because of community and because of relationship. But at the same time, I think there's probably a whole lot of people that, that stuck um, particularly when maybe a little later on in the in the journey of the church, because because we did preach and we did ho- hold it as something that we that we valued. Um, maybe more because of what it meant that they thought, oh, these guys really value. They take the Bible seriously. Yeah. Because in a city like ours or a city like yours, yeah. That that's sadly it's not. It, it's it's. It's rare. You know, there, there are brilliant churches in this city, but there are also some churches that, that don't really pay a lot of attention to what the Bible says. So I think that it, it, people, we kind of gather people because they're like, wow, you guys actually genuinely yeah. love the word of God. You know, you love Jesus and you want to follow what he says. So yeah, they, they kind of almost stuck around because we preached, regardless of the fact of whether it was good or not. Yes, that's that's very that's actually a very, that's a more positive way of looking at it than I am. Uh, I wonder <coughs> whether another way of thinking about the question is if, uh, if we had uh, a few young people here who wanted to go off and plant and they would be, okay, Tim and Matt, tell us the things we need to be good at now. What are the f- most important things in the next three or four years? And because m- much like we were maybe still are a bit that we have a sense of what we want our churches to be like what we want the preaching to be like there are certain types of books we'll read and preachers will listen to and we think actually i want to i want that to be there and i'm the same as you i very high value on the bible and i I want my people to um, i want us to read the bible together as an important part of who we are and to learn the bible together and preaching is a very important part of that on a sunday and but how do we help them, these these guys, to think properly yeah. about preaching in the context of what you can actually realistically achieve in your first few years? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. I, I would think probably maybe the, the first, I don't know how long, maybe the first year of us church planning, I think probably the number one gift that Joe and I were exercising was the gift of hospitality. You know, that that's... That's actually what we spent most time doing and probably took the most energy out of us was because we, you know, church met in our apartment for just over a year. So every Sunday we would, partly because we didn't do it so much in the week, but every Sunday was getting the house ship shape and, and, you know, just getting everything in order and then hosting people for maybe four or five hours and cleaning up the chaos afterwards and then having people in our house all through the week. So that's, yeah, in, in terms of the amount of time even that we put into it, 
preparing to preach was definitely not the major thing. And if it had been, if I was putting 16 hours a week into preaching, I, we wouldn't have actually been able to, because I wasn't full time, I wouldn't have had the time to just host people and build relationships. And yeah, yeah. so that would be, that's probably what I would say to someone is like, you've got to learn how to be hospitable because, you know, you're going to have, if you do it well, you're going to have hundreds of people through your home and you've got to, you've got to work that out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. interesting. I, I wonder if um, the thing people need to get most is what you said there, the community, we, we're actually, we're community builders. That's what church planting is in those early years. And really that's, that's, that's a great foundation to have in any church. doesn't matter how big it is that actually at the heart of it, there are leaders who fundamentally are community people um, and want to know people and love people and live in that kind of world of hospitality. Um, so I, I said to I, me and Vicky, my wife, are talking about this. And, and I said to her, look, I, I think that the most important thing in terms of preaching is uh, people who are planting churches need to know that they've got to have lots of people around their house as often as they can. And their preaching shouldn't put anyone off coming back. And I said that in those early years, that was the high bar. Um, and uh, I think I failed at that. I think my preaching put a few people off for sure. Um, but uh, would you go that far? Would you say uh, actually because you've got to learn your trade in in preaching and that it, if uh, Matt Hosier is right, it takes 150 sermons. Do you think really you you just get it to the point in your prep where you do enough to survive uh, and then spend the rest of your time trying to build community? Um, yeah, I think I probably would have had a bit more of a positive <laughs> view of it. <laughs> boring. I just hope it's not going to be a train wreck. Was <laughs> probably some weeks I felt like that. Yeah, for sure. I probably probably had some weeks where I thought I preached one week right, and uh, afterwards, guy comes up to me and he looks at me and he he said, "Thanks for that." Uh, I wasn't listening, but it gave me a, gave me half an hour to plan my week. Thank you, and then just walked away. <laughs> oh man! And there was another guy who just outright every week would just fall asleep. Um, but he, I remember one week just looking at him while I was preaching. He's fast asleep, and I thought, you know what? He's got loads of little kids. I actually don't blame him. And you know, have a nap. That's fine. I've only spent you know ten hours writing this sermon. Yeah, to sleep. Brilliant. I mean, I think it, there's there's something of value of. You're obviously beginning to lay a foundation, however clumsily, and you're beginning to, it's an opportunity to kind of talk about vision and values and identity and who you are. Um, so, I mean, I def there was there was one couple that they're still with us now who'd, who'd been in, in other, many other church contexts before, and they were just quite struck. They were like, oh, you, you. When you preach, you, you talk about Jesus every week. Now, I wasn't necessarily doing it well, but there was there was a value there. It's like, well, actually, we're trying to preach in a certain way and we're trying to build a church in a certain way that they'd not actually really seen before. So actually, for them, the the preaching really, really helped them to understand who we were yeah. and what we were trying to do. As I said, we didn't necessarily do it well, but that was that was. It, we, we set something of a value of what we were trying to build there. So I think there's definitely a, 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 a big value to it, but I think you're, you're right to that. You, you need to kind of hold it with a, a sober realism of what you're actually going to achieve that, that, um, that I think particularly when you're a young preacher, you want every message to be just this kind of 
world changing thing that, you know, you're going to put it online and everyone's going to download it and talk about it. Whereas the reality is you might just have 10 people in the room. And I remember someone, I heard someone talking recently about um, John Stott when he was preaching and, and he would, one of the ways he would deal with sometimes even just the anxiety of having to stand up and preach was that between sitting on the front row and the walk up to behind the pulpit, when he did his little walk, he would be praying under his breath. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I thought, well, that's quite refreshing to hear John Stott pray that because it's like, yeah, I just got to trust with that. Those, those 10 people that, that you had in the room that God's still at work. Um, kind of not necessarily regardless of what you're doing. Cause that's not quite how preaching works, but, but through the, the mistakes and the, the, poor communication that God can still build something within your church and within individuals. It's really important. But I think it's just, just having that kind of sober, um, actually I'm not going to change the world through this sermon and I might not even change a whole lot in these 10 people in the room, but maybe it's going to, it's going to help me. <laughs> and, and maybe by God's grace, something will happen here. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up in a second. I think um, I'm not sure I've changed my mind in this in, in this conversation, but I think uh, to, that I, it's helped me to process it a little differently, perhaps. But to think actually how we help uh, planters to to realise that actually initially you're just learning to preach, and actually that's quite a good thing because uh, sometimes I know I was when I started out as a preacher. You sometimes lack a bit of grace and mercy and compassion, and, and maybe the influences of uh, some of the online stars of preaching uh, with that kind of energy um, haven't taught us how to do that. Um, uh, but actually to think, actually, I'm, I'm just planning a church. I'm learning how to preach. So my people have got to have grace to even listen to this. Uh, and I'm and like you said, I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit is working here so that God can draw something out of the chaos that is this sermon. Uh, yeah. And then over the years can improve and can grow on that. Um, I'm sometimes struck by how preachers will view the importance of one sermon they're going to preach, um, but get quite downbeat about how they preach over a decade. Uh, and actually, I think the, the preaching over years and years and years and years is actually where the where the fruit is, really. Um, yeah, it's like that thing that, um, you know, if you are if you are someone, I mean, John Hosey would say this, who was one of the elders in our church back in Brighton. You know, you you ask someone what they had for breakfast five years ago on Tuesday, the tenth of November or whatever, they're not they're not gonna remember, but they know that they regularly had breakfast and it did them good. You know, that's yeah. that's kind of a good way to view preaching. Like I'm not even sure I'm gonna remember this tomorrow morning, but <laughs> hopefully it's gonna feed people and do them some good. Um even in, in the clumsiness of it. I also remember as well your your boss, Colin Barron hearing him talk once and saying uh, a sign of maturity is being able to be led by people less mature than you or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I reminded myself of that often. Like I really, I really pray that these churches full of mature people so they can be led by me and yeah, hear my yeah. preaching when I'm less mature than them. Yeah. And I'm sure that was true. Yeah. It still is true. In some yes, cases. It's definitely still true. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Okay, well, let's let's finish there. 
Um, this is the uh, broadcast church planting uh, um, podcast. Um, feel free to uh, tweet us or ask us questions about this, uh, and we'll try and reply. Both Matt and I are on Twitter, or you can just uh, tweet um, the uh, broadcast. Uh, and we will uh, be na- back next week where we will talk about more of the mistakes that we have made. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, you can find the full notes on everything that Tim and Matt said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 124. And we'll be back next week with another church planting mistake. See you next time.